you know what I mean. You try whatever. Three hundred seventy-four episodes. We were gamers. Michael's here. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Southern California. JJ's here. I'm here. We're all here. And you know what I realized today? I think you, me, and Michael can all soon probably sue ChatGPT. Along with everyone else? I'm just saying, we've done enough I mean, episodes of this podcast that I am sure they are scraping it and making our voices or doing something with it. You know what I mean? The fact that, the fact that we distribute this podcast on Spotify guarantees they have been scraping it and using it for their own AI stuff. So, like, it, we didn't opt out of that, to my we, knowledge. We, so. without having done, with having done nothing, will finally make some money on this bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> I would ask if Spotify could generate an episode of this podcast, but I don't think that it could deviate from the script enough to accurately represent us. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you got to be able to just sort of I mean, drift it, on it forever, can probably. Right? It could probably generate 10 minutes of audio issues, but that's like not the content <laughs> it's here that's, for, you know? Yeah, well, we we gave up on on that recently. So, you know, maybe if it only scraped the most recent 100 episodes, it wouldn't. If it scraped the first 100, it would literally just talk about... Maybe it would tell me what to do to fix our audio problems. I don't know. Who cares? Un- unlikely. I don't find AI helpful in that specific way. I don't find AI helpful, period. Sorry, I should say large language models. <laughs> yeah. Not really AI. Yeah, we've covered this before, I think, right? Like, I think we did. None of this stuff that everyone calls AI actually has anything to do with artificial intelligence. It's just a bunch of, like, really good learning models that are good at reading. Uh, and not yeah. even reading, like, for comprehension, just literally, like, ingesting text. Reading and their aggregate. And regurgitating text. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, it's Cliff Notes for the internet, right? If you accept that Cliff Notes don't have any basis in, like, the thing that they're coming from. Sure. And are not required to adhere to, like, facts. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or any kind of standards. <laughs> standards of any sort, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of internet chatter this week. Uh, did you hear about the Sony hack? We we missed talking about it because it happened the day of the last podcast. Oh boy, are we gonna get a uh, free month of credit monitoring and or some number of free games, Andy? Uh, I'm, you could choose to do so. Maybe I don't know. I, it sounds feels, a feels lot like, like that's last the precedent. Time. Yeah. Last time my stuff yeah. got hacked, so I got two free games that one of which I already had played and the other one I never played. And, uh, yeah, nothing ever happened with my info on that one, but, uh, let's not jinx it this time around, I guess. Right. How is it always Sony? That's what I want to know. I don't have any answer for that. Um, I just assume they must spend the least on it. That's the only way I can assume that this happens. Yeah. All right. Uh, net neutrality might might be uh making a return to the FCC. That's in the real what, classics of this sense. podcast. <laughs> I know, we've gone we've thrown it back, huh? Um they're only re- the old heads of We Were Gamers will remember when we used to talk about net neutrality Man, all the time. When we back had years years up to twenty seventeen where we tried as hard as we could to tell people that it was kind of important. 
and it was not quote unquote heavy handed regulation to tell people that broadband is a communications tool and basically should be considered infrastructure. <laughs> uh. But hey, we're going to be talking about it again, supposedly. All right, great. Bring it back. Yeah, let's do it yeah. again. Time it's is a flat uh, circle. Yeah, so uh, your time is a flat circle. And if we actually get anywhere beyond the new FCC chair saying, oh, we're thinking about it, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it again. And we, we can go come full circle on this podcast. Doesn't that sound fun? Yes. Uh, you know who did not make a full circle, JJ? Uh-oh. Half the F1 field in Japan. <laughs> it did feel like that, didn't it? We haven't done F1 in a bit. We got to talk about some stuff, There's man. some stuff that has been happening. Sorry, Michael, but uh, F1 has been on a roll, I would say. And I don't mean that in a pun sense. I really mean yeah. it. <laughs> but they've been constantly outdoing themselves. Do, uh, do we want to work our way backward? JJ? Uh, do any of the things from Japan depend on the previous race? No, I'm just... Well, let's work... Um, okay. Singapore? Hey. Yeah. I mean, Singapore uh, finally saw Max Verstappen not win a race, I guess, is the big news there. Oh, wow. Okay. It, and, like, he was bad. <laughs> yeah. And, and the the funny thing I saw, which I, it, I, I do want to comment on this, because I saw a lot of people saying there was this technical directive that came out that they meant they had to do some certain things and they can't have wings that flex and all this stuff people were talking like oh is this the thing that finally is defeating the red bull that was a big talking point for that race which was immediately mooted when the next race when they came back and just destroyed everyone <laughs> hilariously again. destroyed the rest of the field the next week and so it's like well that clearly wasn't it right so i think the thing that is proven to be true is that the thing that was it was that that street circuit is very bumpy because it's like real roads, you know? Yeah. So maybe they're just their car is too streamlined to be bouncing they, around. They had to raise the car to deal with the huh. unevenness of those roads Ooh, because there something... is a rule that they, yeah. there's like a skid plate on the bottom of these cars now. Yep. And if you wear down the skid plate too much. Yep. You get in trouble basically because you're like endangering the drivers from making the car bounce all the time. Right. Yeah. That's the uh, that's the fallout. I don't know, Michael. You remember the fallout from all the uh, vibration last year where they basically were like killing the drivers' necks. Yeah, they're shaking them apart basically. Exactly. Yeah. The fallout and from that was well, uh, the cars went too low. And so the thing that is clear here is that Red Bull can run their car lower than everyone else. Except in places like this where they can't. And then when they can't, all of a sudden they look like crap. Right? Yeah. Everywhere else, they just crank it down to the floor. They don't have the bouncing issues like everyone else. And then everything is fine. Right? Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. So, yeah, it very clearly the car is not going to run well on any street circuits. So, they'll probably have another bad race in here somewhere. Or now they know about this, right? And they're going to start doing all the work to fix that one weakness since they're the in <laughs> the world killers. That I, li- track, right? I think they could literally just take a year off from developing the car at this point. Uh, they Max Verstappen has the ch- so uh, we're talking about two separate races now. Yeah, well, yeah, you're going to jump to Japan now, right? Yeah, sorry, let's yeah. yeah. After the results of Japan, 
Max Verstappen could win the driver's championship in the sprint race that's <laughs> of this coming weekend. So, so okay. I, I don't know if you remember, Michael, but they do the sprint before the real race. And you earn yeah. points from a sprint, right? Okay. Um, just a few. It's like a, mi- it's like it's a like, mini race on Saturday instead of the full yeah. race on Sunday, right? Yeah. Or it's not instead of, it's in addition to. Yeah. I love the sprint. I liked the sprint more when it reset the starting grid. It still does. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Qualifying sets the grid for the race, right? Yeah. The, not the sprint. Yeah, that's not the not sprint. Cool. They, that was the big change, right? Like the initial sprints reset the race. And then people were like, that's not fair. Like, yeah. Okay. So, the, All right. so there's a decent chance that Max will win the world championship and during the, the sprint constructors and drivers races. championships hmm. will well, both he... be over before the next race even happens. So, I mean, in Japan, so how many races are left? Uh, six? Oh, my, my, several right yeah i mean I, there's a bunch of races left michael but uh at this point red bull has so many points that they have won the constructors championship wow uh yeah it's it's over already they awarded they awarded <laughs> not not so good uh in terms of competition great for red bull fans oh sure yeah, yeah if it's your yeah. team you're eating good if you are. On you love it. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, September, Italy, Singapore, Japan. Where's the rest of the schedule? Oh, here we go. One, two, three, four, five. I was off by one. I thought there were six. All right. Yeah, pretty close. But five races from the end and you've already got the constructors locked up is... That's crazy. Yeah. Constructors is locked up last race and the driver's championship first place anyway looks to be locked up uh this yeah. coming weekend yeah i wonder if it's like uh sit your starters right like hmm, who who else we got we got to try out for these last four races in, uh, does uh rick ricciardo start racing the red bull i don't know about that but uh <laughs> is he gonna come back and replace liam lawson after lawson has been kicking so much butt like kind of making not. yeah kind of making ricardo look bad right yeah that's true yeah Good point. Good point. Uh, <laughs> Michael, name name some car companies, like ma- car manufacturers, that to like, you scream race car. And I don't, you know, I'll give you like the, the Red Bull's not exactly what you would consider, but like Ferrari, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, name some Mercedes. Sure. Yeah, they're already um, in F one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who else? Uh, Lamborghini. Sure, they would make a great F1 team. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Uh, name, name one more. Uh, who else? Um, Anyone. I don't know. I'll say Toyota. Toyota? Okay, oh. that would be interesting. I mean, Honda Toyota. makes engines, so that makes some Toyota. sense. Toyota has been involved in F1 in the past. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, We've got Porsche slash Audi coming in a year or two, right? Uh, Audi is coming. I don't know that Porsche is coming. Oh, okay. I thought they, well, I mean, Audi and Porsche are the same company, so. Yes, but there was a rumored deal for Porsche for a long time uh, to becoming as a, its own separate brand, partnered with Red Bull, and then that fell through, and now Red Bull is being sponsored by Ford. Yeah, right, right. Uh, what if I said Cadillac? Mm-hmm. It, no, nobody... Is that a race car? None of my money and my money on my mind. 
I know where this is going. So I, <laughs> I, it, that Cadillac isn't the side that anyone is interested in in this. Or it's I'm not the, anyway. it's the Andretti side that you're interested in, right? Yeah, I think so. Right. Okay. Have you heard of Andretti, Michael? Do you even know who that is? It's uh, it is a name that rings uh, quite a few bells. Yes. Okay. As that a, is, uh, as a racing a, family, a storied family of racers there for sure. Yeah. So, uh, the Andretti team has applied to join F1 as an 11th team, although so is Audi. So I don't, a 12th team. I don't know when the news so of Audi, this. Audi is buying the Sauber team that is oh. currently Alfa Romeo. Okay. So they're buying out Alfa Romeo. Okay. Yes. I and Alfa Romeo that. next year will not be called Alfa Romeo anymore. I forget what they will be. Something Got else. It. And then okay. in 2026, they will be Audi. Got it. Uh, so uh, full on new team. Yeah, so this will Andretti be Cadillac. <laughs> Fascinating. Okay. Yep. The uh, and not only did they apply to join, right? They were approved to join. It's, yeah, the, quickly. Apparently. I mean, it's been months. Oh, they uh, said I'm. Yeah, I guess since the original announcement. But yeah, it's a. Yeah. It's very interesting. I'm very curious to see how this will go because the the FIA who are like the the refs I'm trying to think like what the I, there no sport is done this way. So I don't know how I don't like what's the governing body. It's like well, the so FIFA hold versus on, no, the it's more like an Olympic committee, right? Because Maybe. they run they run multiple the FIA doesn't just control F1, they control racing. Like yeah, they like control lots of different sport. racing. Yeah. So it'd be okay. like yeah, world that, tennis or FIFA, FIFA maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe FIFA is the yeah. good example. Right? I don't know, but they, they're like a governing body for motorsport, and they are the ones who approved Andretti Cadillac. And so now it goes to like the the Formula One owners, you know, Liberty Media and whoever their investors and all those people are to negotiate between them and the teams and Andretti to get them on the grid. Yeah. And it's yeah. like all along the FIA people were like, Oh yeah. Andretti seems good. Thumbs up, dude. Like been positive vibes there. And all the team people are just like sitting with their arms crossed and shaking their head. <laughs> no. And they're like holding their hands out, looking for more money. Like just all of this, like, no, get out of here. Like, yeah. So very much very a, very much in uh, NATO, EU, and miniature, right? Like, I'm just going to hold out till I get mine so that Sweden and Norway can join. Right. Yeah. It's definitely one of those where it's like, but now we're splitting the prize pool 11 ways. That's not better for me, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and so they're just like, well, you know, you need to pay us a bunch of money then, definitely. And, <laughs> you know, it's just like, that's, is that how... Is that how this works? Shouldn't this be a competition? You're allowing new people to join? Like what? Yeah. I don't know. A cartel well, now is this? Yeah. I think that if you score over 200 points in fantasy football, people should have to pay me money. 200 is a lot of points. 203 points. I'm just glad it didn't happen versus one of them kids. <laughs> An adult of fantasy football forever. Yeah, it happened against an adult, so at least that part doesn't feel bad. Uh, how did everyone do this week in fantasy football? Well, since uh, we're on sports, you know, motorsports, sports, I, we might as well stay here. I'm with it. 
Yeah, uh, I uh, I split this week, so I finally got a win in the one league in which I was winless. Okay, which uh, feels pretty good. Thank you, uh, Christian McCaffrey, for all that you do. Yeah, forty-eight point seven points one, in uh, number one running back in fantasy. Full Maybe PPR. like number one scorer in fantasy. Even I don't even know. Dude, uh, so I can pull points. it up and while you're talking. But yeah, uh, scoring leaders. Here we go. All positions. Uh, you keep 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 going. Keep going. Don't, uh, uh, I lost the my my head to head league. I lost this week. Mm. I needed uh, Patrick Mahomes to do better than he did, uh, and he did not. And then uh, while Kenneth Walker the third did well tonight, that's not enough to pull me out of the hole that he and T Higgins getting injured in the first quarter. Doug oh, too. did Walker do well tonight? Because I'm playing against him still. Uh, McCaffrey is ahead by 17 points to Justin Jefferson, and it's not even close past that, really. Keenan yeah, Allen's yeah, up there, too. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, McCaffrey is tier zero. Everyone else starts in tier one. S <laughs> tier player. Right. He's the, he's the S tier player. Everyone else is the A and below, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kenneth Walker in my league uh, got 79 rushing yards and a rushing TD. So that's pretty good. Uh, let me see how he did. And I mean, but, he uh, got the it, same, but you know, in my guillotine league, I am Ooh. unlikely to be chopped because okay. Herbert, uh, continued to get 25 points a game and Kyron Williams had the ball. Finally snap of the ring. <laughs> Finally. I, I picked him up a while ago and I've just been hoping, but it was, it was a nice week to see, uh, the, uh, I, I took a page from your book. I grabbed Laporta off of the waiver wire in our league. Yeah, pretty great. I have uh, no he, complaints. Nine, nine points isn't terrible. Uh, he kind of equaled, I mean, Hunter Henry had eight, but neither here Travis, nor there. Travis Kelsey had nine, but like, you know, that's yeah. a little... Yeah, I think it was a, a lower... That's a low number for him. You it know, was I a think. lower week for tight ends in general. There wasn't huge breakout. Kelsey was too distracted by Taylor Swift, I'm assuming. Oh, well, so I've uh, I've taken your advice and benched my New England running back in favor of uh, Kyron Williams. And uh, you just go ahead and leave him in there until yeah. that stops happening. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. And, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson, Christian McCaffrey, Kyron Williams, A.J. Brown, Puka Nakwa. Uh, they score a lot of points, man. Yeah, Nakwa had a great week. The one of the. Uh, websites that i read had an article about puka nakua and there was a radio call from one of the teams that in the game that he was in because he had like a walk-off touchdown or something right and he his game. first nfl touchdown was this weekend and it was an overtime walk-off win touchdown yeah the the radio call was like you know and you know and and nakua goes for the touchdown or whatever you know puka nakua it means no worries <laughs> We win oh, or whatever. No. And I was oh, like, "Oh no, Ooh, I don't know about this." That's, uh, <laughs> oh no. Well, that's um, a that's a pretty yeah, good. The, yeah, that dude is is also a starter. Like, I mean, he better stay one when Cooper Cup comes back next week. But I don't know. It's going to be a rough transition, I think, to try and feed that many mouths on that yeah. offense. But, uh, good luck defending that. I know. Good point. Yeah, who do you <laughs> cover? Like, what do you What do you do? Do you pull defenders off? You just Nakua you just who, cover. Who up? do you want to torch you this week? Uh, you just play zone and hope you get them to check down. 
or you just constantly blitz the quarterback and hope that Stafford can't get it off in time. Higby yeah. is like, feed me, feed I me. Saw, I saw an interesting stat that McCaffrey, or not McCaffrey, um, uh, Stafford is the quarterback for the top two yardage seasons of all time for for wide receivers. Huh, is okay. that yeah. even with like Randy Moss and yeah. guys? No, like that? he had wow. de- he had what's his name uh, Megatron when he was in Detroit, okay. and he had yeah. uh, Cooper Cup last season. Huh? This are the That's top. Those are the top there. two numbers over nineteen hundred yards each. And Puka Nakua would be uh, set to light those records on fire if he kept up his pace. <laughs> I just don't see how it's possible that, that I don't either. Keep, his production keeps up. I if nothing either. else, they will just eventually double cover him, and then Kyron Williams be keeps eating. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I have both. Well, it sounds like we had an okay week. You know, um, yeah, I lost, but I'll I'll be fine in the guillotine league, so I'm not too bad. Yeah, uh, two and one is a good place to be. Your joke reminds me to tell you about the fact that my kids did wake up early enough. For us to watch Toy Story football, you guys. All oh, right, that's right. That was this weekend. That uh, was. How was that? Gotta uh, explain this. Duke Duke Kaboom did a halftime show. It lasted about forty seconds. <laughs> it was um. It was fun for the kids to watch. It was a little bit hard to watch as an adult. I mean, there was a lot of very silly things that were happening with the animation as it was trying to be done live. Like the ball would just sort of randomly hit the ground places and you'd be like, Oh, it's incomplete. And then you'd hear the announcers be like, and that's a touchdown. And you're like, but the ball's on the ground back there in the middle of the field. (laughs) Um, they did a thing where they tried to have like the, um, the hands always look like they're toys, right? So you know that like action figure grip where you can put things in their hands? Yeah, okay. You know what I'm talking about? Like a Lego? Like picture a Lego, yeah, yeah. but like turn it yeah, sideways cool. like an action figure? Okay, well, um, but the animation would follow where the arms of the people were. So often, you know, like people are tucking their hands into their like pocket, that like pocket in front of them. Um, mm-hmm. but the hands were still kind of like cupped in front of themselves. So that made for very awkward. What are, what are their hands doing moments? Um, multiple times you'd like watch all the players get close to each other in like a huddle and the animation would start freaking out and all the heads would start bobbling like crazy. <laughs> uh, you know, um, it was, I would say somewhat janky, but for the kids, for the kids to watch it, like when the wider shots would come up and you'd see Andy's room or like the little cute things like Slinky Dog was the 10 yard marker, right? And they, and they, they had, um, who did they have? They had Booger McFarlane and Drew Carter, like actual NFL announcers from ESPN that used to be players doing the, yeah, okay. the, the announcing. And so they would make jokes about like, oh, that, that player almost ran over slinky dog. We got to like move him over, you know, or like so they must've been watching both feeds or something because they had, they knew when things were touchdowns that like you wouldn't be able to tell. Um, but there were cute things like that. And like, there was like NFL blitz fire when a player would break away or the claw would set the ball. Um, there was like really cute 
um, side commentary by, I don't know if you, have you ever heard of Pepper Parsley? She's like a kid reporter. I think she's like 11 or 12 and she's done ESPN interviews before. Okay. Uh, they had her doing, doing like sideline commentary. So it'd be like, Oh yeah, we got Woody down here and he's doing what. And so that was kind of cute for the kids to do. I, I liked that they had trivia like uh, instead of commercials, they just had trivia up all the time. And some of it was toy story trivia. And when some of it was football trivia, um, I think really though, the thing that stood out to me as good about it instead of just janky and like, I wouldn't watch this again. They must have either practiced or pre-written some jokes for the commentators. I I assume the commentators were also wearing motion capture suits. So they had like their toys doing the things that people normally do during like ESPN broadcasts. They're like, Oh, show me a stiff arm booger. And like he would, stiff arm the guy and then his toy would go flying to the ground in that like janky animation and flip over backwards and its <laughs> legs would disconnect from it and flop over its head and then the announcer's like let's not do that again it was like not fun you know like it seemed like they might have actually been doing them in motion capture suits i couldn't quite tell but they were like really good pre-written jokes that were like toy story related jokes and katie and i literally could not control ourselves laughing and i could not tell if this was a pre-written joke or not but at one point the ufos start flying around the field and they were like the, the you know like the the three-eyed aliens started flying around you know in spaceships yeah. mm-hmm. okay yeah and the commentators like oh no uh who know are they gonna try and steal the ball you know doing those like very kid oriented jokes right oh no maybe the claw will tell him what to do oh no this oh no that and so then the ufos kind of leave the scene and we get back to the football and drew carter goes not sure if aaron Rodgers was here to see those but i hope he did (laughs) (laughs) and i I we stared at each other like did we hear what we thought we heard did they make an Aaron Rodgers is a UFO kook joke on this kids show thing I couldn't believe it it was the most anyway there were a lot of those little like pre-written or aside jokes that seemed like they practiced them I think it was cute that's a perfect kind of joke though because the kids that don't watch football aren't going to get that they absolutely Absolutely, but I was surprised ESPN was willing to like oh no, stand burn by that, that bridge with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, oh it was it's not going on ESPN anyway already, right? Like, yeah, whatever. it was good. There was a couple of those that were pretty good. I I heard they did this with hockey last season. I could see watching it once a season, but it's definitely not up to snuff. Unlike the uh, oh, we could just animate all these things and make them wacky and fun. But that was. I don't know. You have any questions about it? Because I tried to give you a full picture. So what does the actual like game look like? You said all the players and stuff look like toys, but then how do they like they they have watching the play? You were watching the game as if it had a skinned animation on top of it. 
Okay. From so you see that just, guy run a route and his little toy like bobbles. His along little toy bobbles around. along the route as best it can, keeping up with the animation. Yeah. It's like trying to live animate on top of it. Okay. You don't you don't see like things coming through. It's not like the players underneath there and like the animations like you see four arms or whatever. But sometimes the the animations can't keep up or it doesn't know where the ball is or things like that. Like so many times the ball would be like three different places on the field or the players yeah. would all just sort of like run into each other and then all of a sudden one of the players would be further down the field, things like that. Yeah, where the, clearly whatever their like tracking system loses it or yeah. whatever in the, yeah. in the pile of bodies or two dudes run past each other or something. Absolutely. Like that. Yeah. yeah. And it was literally going to be tough to do, to do in real time. It was, I'm sure it's impossible. I mean, they must have put tons of production work into just this one game. Right. Um, I can't imagine how they could do it more than yeah. once. A season. And, th- and this game was the the London. game from England. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The London yeah. game. So was this being broadcast live with that game? This was, was broadcast live at the same time as the game on Disney Plus. It was not okay. on ESPN. So you could have had the ESPN feed up at the same the, time. The ESPN mm-hmm. feed at the same time. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It was just the field too, right? Like the stadium was not there. Right. How could it be? Right. Like I don't it's know. A, I mean, yeah. Okay. No, no, I'm just, I'm like, you know, it took place in Toy Story land, right? Yeah. Toy Story isn't in London or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Well, I don't know that, I mean, I would get up early or anything, but if you happen to cross it or something like that, it might be worth watching for 15, 20 minutes. And like I said, the jokes were good, but. You know what was worth watching for more than 15 minutes, JJ? Do tell. The D&D movie that you told me to watch. I accept all praise. Complete. <laughs> uh, tell me how right I am. I'm uh, here to hear it. Yeah, okay. It it definitely had one of those, like, what? why don't you just use the MacGuffin thing? Why, why are we doing the thing without using the MacGuffin thing? Uh-huh. Uh... Which, you know, Spider-Man had the same problem, so it's not a unique issue. No. Um, cute. Very cute. Very funny. I, uh, uh, Chris Pine did his I, thing. I, d- I don't know why they did the thing where they kept dubbing over him while he was singing. Very weird. Yeah. yeah. I assume they were making a joke that I didn't get. It's like a, you know, one of those... Uh, like a... I don't know what the, like... The D&D thing is like player characters who play bards or whatever, you know, bards are always like bursting out into song or whatever. Sure. But like the person playing the bard can't sing, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Like the bard himself can't sing, but then, you know, he rolls, you know, D20 and all of a sudden he rolls an 18 and is like a virtuoso performer, right? I I think that's the joke there. I do give the movie Chris Pine probably just can't sing maybe. Uh, who knows? I do give the movie some slack. I mean, it has the same problem as the Force, uh, where they like they have that like portal wand thing in the middle of the movie. I won't say you know what happens mm-hmm. so Michael can watch it, but like just use the portal wand thing, you know, or like uh, Andy, that bit is over. Forget about that. Yeah, <laughs> or like the shape the shapeshifter who like never shapeshifts unless like the story needs her to shapeshift, you know, or the joke uh-huh. needs her to shapeshift. Yeah, of course. Uh, Tiefling. uh, Druid, right? Tiefling Druid, yeah. Yeah. She was a Tiefling. I think... Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. 
I think the important thing to remember about that movie is you have to come in with low expectations. It's a thousand percent not as dumb as it looks. It will exceed them so much. Right. right? Like I said, yeah, exactly what I said, right? It's it, it a thousand percent succeeded how, as dumb as it looked. It looked so dumb. I mean, in the buildup to it, I was anti going to see this movie, right? Like I was like, I'm not going to go see this in the theater. It looks way too stupid. The last D and D movie was a train wreck. There's no way this one will be any good. They have friggin' Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez. This isn't going to work out. <laughs> like I like both of those people, I, but it just didn't I, seem me like too, their movie. Me too, right. I, I totally thought it was like, they're like, yeah, paycheck. Hello. Like, yeah, right? that's the vibe, right? Yeah. And so I was like, you know, totally ready to check out and not go see as like, who do they have as the villain? Oh my God, this is going to be a train wreck. Right. Yeah. And like, no, I didn't need to go, you know, see it in the theater. And then I was bored one night and was on HBO max or whatever. And I was like, ah, I'll put this dumb thing on. And we watched it together, my wife and I, and we were both laughing and it was like really funny. <laughs> it was like yeah. pretty good. I had a good enough time to watch the entire thing. No, no, like, oh, I got to finish it for the podcast. Just like, I feel like watching this. Like, I, I'm enjoying it enough to keep watching it. And story-wise, it's no worse than any D&D or D&D-related video game story, right? Like, they're all kind of that way. Yeah, look. It, you chase your tail because that's what you're supposed to do in D&D. It didn't win any awards for screenwriting and, you know, don't go in <laughs> expecting, you know, movie of the year stuff. Sure. But sure. It was uh, a great, like, depiction of that stuff. Yeah. Should the Baldur's Gate script get uh, a screenwriting award? Uh, it's not screenwriting, but, you know. Video game writing, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Uh, I'm not far enough in to make any calls on that. And I think it might be impossible to answer that question. Oh, do tell. The thing I can't emphasize enough. So I, I've been playing Baldur's Gate three. I finally did it. No, I know. Hey, fired yeah. it up. Uh, this feels like a tabletop D and D game. That's a good thing, right? Or is and it I, not a good thing? Yeah, no, no, no. It, it's a good thing, but I don't know how to say it better than that. Okay. If you haven't played one of those, it's a very different feeling to like playing a video game. It doesn't feel like, or at least so far, I'm only in the first act. I don't feel like I'm playing a video game. I feel like I have to approach things like I'm playing a tabletop game. Oh, like you got to pre-measure your movement kind of thing? Like what What do we mean? Well, like I mean, yes, to some degree, right? Like, oh, I can only move 30 feet in a round the little arrow turns red after this and my character stops here. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to that level, that part is true. It's enforcing all the rules, right? Like you can't just be like, ah, you can get there. It's fine. Like that part doesn't, doesn't fly, but the like, well, that tree is over on a little Island over there and I can't get there from here. Like you can't swim in the water. It's a poison bog or whatever. How do you want to get over to that tree? Hmm. Uh, well, in D and D, there's like fifteen thousand different ways to solve yeah. the problem. Uh, right? Want to make a agility check to run along the rocks? Sure, you can jump over a series of small rocks, right? Yeah, uh, you can cast fly. You can cast uh, any number of other weird spells that like well, let you walk on water, one, let you breathe water, let you heal from poison. Let one you do would any supposedly the things one would assume though. I'm sorry to cut you off, but one would assume, though, that your character build would not give you 15,000 options. 
Uh, no, but that's why you have a party. Oh. Right? I mean, Good you're, point. <laughs> that, that, like a tabletop game, there are people, and they're with you, and they can do things that you can't. Now, could you bring a party of three fighters with your fighter character and then not have any options available to you? Yes, mm. the game allows it, right? <laughs> you could make a party of a bunch of fighters and then not have any bonus options available to you. Uh, although, like, depending, I mean, if your strength score is high enough, you might just be able to jump, right? Like, you can jump pretty far if you're strong. Sure. But, uh, like, why wouldn't you have a wizard? Wizards are cool. And they can do all kinds of crazy stuff, like cast spells like fly, or spells that make you immune to poison, so you just walk through the poison water, or any number of other weird things, right? Hey, right. you just killed that guy. Do you want to talk to him? There's a spell that lets you speak with dead. You can cast it on every dead body in the game. I, I saw that in that movie. <laughs> and Andrew, it goes just like that. Oh, does it really? <laughs> it can. That's yeah. hilarious. And the game is re- is reactive enough to know if you're the person who kills them, they're not going to be super forthcoming with information. <laughs> Can you intimidate a dead body? I don't think so. No, you can't. But like, if you you know if you shoot that guy with an arrow and then walk over and ask him like, "Who killed you?" He's like, "You." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, he's like, "What?" You know, where do you keep your your secrets or whatever? He'll be like. Why would I tell you? <laughs> um, and there's like generic questions you can ask all the dead people, but like you can legitimately find stuff out from like, you know, you walk into a, a village and a bunch of the villagers are dead. You go over and like talk to the dead body and you find out that a bunch of goblins were there and which direction they went. And if you go that direction, there's a bunch of goblins there and you can kill them and get their stuff back. Right. Events like yeah. sevenfold. Every direction you walk feels like you're in a little D&D session, right? And it's like, ah, you wander into this grove of druids. I'm not spoiling anything here. This is like all stuff very quickly that you find in mm-hmm. the game. And the druids are having a problem. There's a bunch of tieflings coming in from the woods, and they're trying to escape these goblins. What are you going to do? The druids want to kick them out because they don't like the tieflings. The tieflings are all bad and they have horns. And the druids are, you know, oh, this druid is maybe a shadow druid. That's bad. Ah, like all this stuff, right? It's like a... A little little mini D and D adventure right here that you just walked into, and it feels like every direction I turn is another one of these. It's really, really cool. I'm loving this. And apparently, and apparently, you asked about the script stuff. There are so many different outcomes to all these quests that I like don't even know if you and I played the game if we would even have the same experience of this stuff. Sure. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard that the uh, dialogue trees i guess would are more like a uh a fungal (laughs) mycelial network let's say i'd believe it because there are so many ways you can approach everything right you know i mentioned that you can jump you can fly you can do all sorts of stuff like that you know there's characters who are locked in prison for various reasons well like you can just get people out of prison right like all right who's Got got. I have a thief. He can lockpick, right? That there, there is so much crazy difference. You can get locked in prison and then escape very easily because you know, look, it's, they're not going to lock you up in prison for the whole game. <laughs> um, but after you escape, that would prison, be a funny game over, though. <laughs> I would, I would play. The game I feel like we should, yeah, right? Like, why, why not make that a game over? 
Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Unless there's a giant bird to grab onto, right, JJ? Uh, hey, you never know. It could it could work, right? Uh, so it's just a a pretty amazing experience so far. Um, yeah. Does it and feel I like? Think, does it feel more like you have your own DM, or does it more feel like you're playing a video game? Because you keep saying it's like a tabletop. It definitely does feel like there's DMing going on about you, right? Because you know you're walking around, and then you just see above all your characters' head like perception failed, and you're like, damn it. <laughs> what did what did i just miss what did i you know? miss oh no uh or you know you're you're in a conversation with another character and then it's like you know arcana failed you're like well okay something wizardy happened here don't know what it is guess we'll find oh. out later <laughs> uh, or not you know i like that the uh, checks aren't happening in the background that's cool and, and and sometimes you know you'll give a um you know, you'll you'll get a series of choices, right? So it is a video game to that degree. You can't just type whatever you want to respond. But you have a pretty large series of choices. And some of them will be like, oh, do you want to use persuasion? Do you want to use intimidation? Do you want to try and use, you know, uh, do you want to just like break this guy's arm, <laughs> right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, do you want to try and uh, play both sides against each other? What kind of options do you want to take here? But the thing they don't tell you, which is very true to D&D, is how hard any of those things are going to be beforehand. Uh, so, you know, maybe you know that your character has points in persuasion or whatever, and probably not points in intimidation. And I think those use different stats. But the, you don't know, is this person open to being persuaded? <laughs> right? Right. Um, and so, you know, you'll be like, all right, I have a lot of points in intimidation. I'm going to yell at this guy, get him to back down. It'll work out. You know, you, the little screen comes up. It's like, you know, difficulty class 20 roll your D 20. <laughs> Damn it. My points are not going to help me here unless I roll really good. Right. Right. And you may be, you know, like you then reload the game and you go find out that that persuasion check was only a DC 10. Uh, oops. Right. Oh. But, uh, and the game does let you save scum that stuff if you want to. Oh, I guess it's the way that it is. It's fine. But I think it is it, the game is good in that it won't kill you if you fail, right? You try to you try to intimidate them. They go, no, you're a chump. I'm not going to listen to you. And then you can solve the problem some other way because there are like five other ways to solve all these problems. Very cool. Nice. Very cool. Uh, you know, Michael, I think. What do I know? I think in baking. There are not five ways to solve problems. Can you please describe and fill JJ in on R slash didn't have eggs? Because I think we need to involve ourselves <laughs> in this possibly being not just a crime for food, but maybe a crime against humanity. JJ, sometimes people think that you can just uh, you can just make substitutions. And normally when you're making a recipe, like you're making yourself dinner, if you don't have an ingredient and you do have something that's, you know, sounds good to you or feels somewhat close, you can oftentimes get away with throwing that in there. But, you know, where where general cooking is an art, baking is a science. Yeah. And you can't just mess with the rules. So when recipes call for eggs and you decide to use things like, oh, I don't know, 
carrots because you don't have eggs, I think you lose the ability to get mad when the recipe doesn't uh, come out the way you think it should. (laughs) Uh, Things like this, JJ. Uh, This is the R, I didn't have eggs. One of the most recent posts. I followed the directions, the recipe exactly. Not sure went right, what went wrong, except that I substituted cooking sherry for rice wine due to no availability and cooked in the oven as it's winter instead of grilling. It doesn't sound like so you followed the you directions. Just, you just did something else, I see. Yeah. <laughs> I read uh, Yes, I, you're going to get that same flavor from your oven meat as you do from grilled. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And with rice wine instead of sherry. Rice wine's it, like vinegar. Yes. <laughs> sherry is very sweet. It's like, I mean, sherry is like much closer to actual wine. Yeah. Oh, man. There's a zillion of these. I don't know that we ever need to take on the entirety of this thing. Uh, you know, we could go through here one of these weeks or, you know, like maybe every other week and just pick our best ones and take it's them on. Favorite because <coughs> oh man some of them are pretty good things like i often now skip to the comments first before i finish reading a recipe confident i have all the ingredients i began i did not i did have water and pasta ricotta and pe- ricotta and pecorino but you know i feel like there's no- an important ingredient missing there <laughs> With the guidance of the tequila drinker below, I added half a cup of vodka and tequila, (laughs) (laughs) making it a better substitute than vanilla vodka, knockwurst, not bacon, pureed tomatoes, freezer shredded, bib lettuce, and no part, because I had no parsley. (laughs) I can't even finish reading this. Uh, Ah, lettuce, the classic substitute for parsley. Just cut up some lettuce classic oh garnish God. that it is zero star review because i added basically a cup of vodka and tequila and lettuce on top instead of parsley <laughs> oh my god i got stuck on knockwurst yeah and yeah i don't know if that's instead of the pecorino i don't that's just they wanted meat in their pasta i guess, I guess? question mark Sounds delicious, but ingredients would cost $36 at Walmart. Get real. What? <laughs> food, do, food does cost money sometimes. I mean, yeah, especially if you don't have all the, like, you know, olive oil and things like that. I don't know. I eat... Okay, I have to close this. I can't look at this. I know, right? <laughs> Isn't this the best? What are these? Pasta, pasta a la vodka review. This was amazing and so easy to make. We don't drink, so I substituted the vodka with five tablespoons of water mixed with a generous pinch of lemon juice. I also used cheddar cheese as we are vegetarian and donate Parmesan. This is going to be a regular for us. Wait, wait, wait what? Yeah. I'm making a face. <laughs> what? <laughs> so... How they, they, they made macaroni and cheese. They made macaroni and cheese as they s- continued to substitute along the path of making this vodka pasta. 
Penny oh, it's going to be a regular for us. Has Parmesan cheese, which is just cheese. And they uh, substituted it because they're vegetarian. Par- par- <clears throat> Parmesan has animal rennet in it. Ah, okay. okay. I don't think yeah. I knew that. No, it's um, fine. It's fine to say you're vegetarian and don't eat Parmesan. But like to be like, I went on here and I substituted everything so that I made mac and cheese instead of pasta a fuck. Yeah. I mean, did they leave the tomatoes in? I don't know. I don't know. Check. This website, I could go down this rabbit hole for literally ever. And I think that once in a while, we should save some for our food crimes section is all I'm saying. I mean, I think we <sighs> just declare this the quarantine zone that is clear that everything here yeah. is a crime. Well, <laughs> as I get older, it's uh, definitely one of those things where it's like, I'll follow the recipe the first time just to see what the ingredients are doing, you know, and then I'll change it. But like this type of thing, I don't know. Look, I know the basics to be able to riff on them. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, it, and it is one thing to substitute and and riff and play with ingredients when you are cooking. But when you are baking, that is a very oh, dangerous and bad thing to do. Wait till you find the baking recipes in there, JJ. But Michael, do do we get wiser as we get older? What's the big question? Uh, so I'm. I was just kind of curious here. So we drove up to to Santa Barbara for a birthday party over the weekend. Um, lovely, lovely day up there on Saturday. Um, but when you're uh, when you're stuck in LA traffic and there is a sleeping child in the back seat of the car, there's not much for you to do other than quietly listen to the music and watch the other drivers around you. Oh. Uh, and so at at one point, I I look over and the woman in the car next to me is uh has both hands on the wheel um she looks like she's in her late 30s early 40s maybe um but she is driving with driving gloves on heck yes Um, and i i had the thought you know you don't really see that much anymore right that's just it's one of those things that used to be a thing real driving gloves and it's like like they don't cover her whole hands like real driving gloves or were they just no, like white, she didn't white have, gloves? They, hers were more like the like a pair of, of like daintier white gloves. OK, I've seen that, too. That's like for the yeah. sun, I think. Yes. Yeah, they looked they the looked a little thing. more like sun gloves than than driving gloves. Yeah. Um, but the the question that came to mind still kind of applies like, gee, you don't see that kind of thing much anymore. And then I started thinking about it, like what other things do do people do um, that are like holdovers from older traditions? And so that kind of got me to thinking of, well, we here at We Were Gamers are all about uh, things that make us sound old. Uh, so I was wondering, like, what do you guys do that is uh, a holdover from an older time that would see, that seems kind of out of place uh, in in the modern society that we live in? So I'll I'll throw one out to give you a second to think about it. But um, the first one that came to mind for me is I still balance my checkbook. On paper? Like, I don't do it. I don't do No, I don't do it by hand. I'm not Fred Flintstone. Um, but though that that reference might actually date me even more than balancing my checkbook. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I do it digitally um, on, on Quicken, but I still balance my checkbook. Well, you, hold mean, on. The thing that dates uh, you more is that tracking you're like, your ex- apparently. No, that's the thing, right? So, like, 
tracking your expenses in Quicken is budgeting, not balancing your checkbook. Yeah, the, the, well, the thing that's you bad is you're writing checks. You, apparently, like that's what are you? That is like some boomer stuff. There, <laughs> who writes checks? Well, it's not just writing checks, right? It's like balancing my checking account. Yeah, I I, agree. I don't I don't. I, Andy is. He's I don't know that I follow that terminology very well. He does uh, also something like this. I, I'm guessing. I mean, I use Quicken and I I I use it to categorize expenses. I don't. I don't balance. See, that's the thing I'm not understanding is right. Like I use Quicken as well. And what I use it for is to categorize expenses and then see where the expenses are. But like the account is the account, right? Like I don't need to check the value. Yeah. The so math you is, are, is you, right. You are not doing what Michael is doing, right? Michael is double checking the bank. Am I right there, Michael? I mean, that's, yeah. that's essentially what it boils down to at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Or like double double checking my own as much the bank as it is, you know, my own bookkeeping, right? Like, is all this properly entered? Another reason why it's it's old fashioned because these days you can just pull the numbers down. You can link a Quicken account to your bank and have it just pull all the numbers in. Yeah, correct. Uh, Do you not do that? Do you not have it auto pull the numbers in? No. Because I don't like the way that it categorizes oh things. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, this is this is why he thinks of it like balancing the checkbook because he has to go through and look every expense and add it into the line. You know, that's like like you were doing it by hand, except it's a computer. That's uh, that's definitely old people stuff. I don't do anything like uh, that. I mean, I definitely feel old in that I'm always talking about like I hate Wi-Fi and I use wired internet wherever possible i mean i guess we're all old to some degree by having a giant desktop tower computer right like that's not (laughs) something a lot of people have anymore yeah i mean i still i'm still railing against digital media as much as possible right i still buy cartridges for my sne uh, for my um for my switch as much as possible right like and i even felt the annoyance of it when i was playing games with the kids while we were all stuck inside with covid and it was like now we want to play mario party now we want to play mario kart now we want to play uh, uh mario super mario now we want to play and it was like hold on i gotta get up and go switch the cart and, and i thought yeah and i thought it was like um maybe i should get these digitally so that i don't have to keep swapping cartridges all the time but you know, I don't know. I'm definitely a holdover in some aspects of that, but I do love my Steam account at the same time. So I don't know where I'm trying to think of other places. I mean, I still, I guess I still have a separate camera, like a non phone camera. Yeah, that definitely feels like something that's been relegated to like hobbyist only kind of stuff for sure. Yeah. Or like, I guess, professional photographers, but. Yeah. Although I did, uh, I met, uh, at this, at the same birthday party, uh, I met, a, a photography professor, uh, who was saying that he's seeing among his students, like film starting to make a comeback. Fools. <laughs> I, I, I could go off, off on that for a long time. <laughs> Future hey, that, episode. That, that I, I really could. Already a, I don't, like, old person I, opinion, right? Yeah. 
Yes, it is a very boomery thing to be like, let me sit you down and tell you why I have I have worked with film and I have worked with digital and I had film cameras up until this year when I finally d- discovered and decided the cost and the benefits have now flopped in terms of where that, you know, like that's the boomery thing that I could do and have that discussion. Yeah, I, I wish I had a good easy one. I know there's stuff I do that makes me old and like I'm confident. All right. Well, we'll leave it to the people out there. Write in and tell us the things that you do that uh, other people would say. Thanks, Grandpa. Yeah. Or, or if you know the things that I do, tell me because I'm not thinking of them right now. Send those to <laughs> podcast at we were That's podcast at we were Headline JJ is old put that in there and uh yeah we'll check uh we'll be interested to see all those because i'm sure there's a bunch of like oh uh, you know what one of it is i i often catch I, myself thinking of when someone says something was like 30 years ago or something i think the 70s and that's for sure wrong the 90s my man oh yeah that's the 90s buddy like cartoons that we used to watch are 30 years old man yeah yeah I know, but it's just like the uh, knee-jerk I think I have a solution like 20 years to ago, this. I think of the 80s. I have a solution to this problem. We, collectively, between this week and next week, should ask our wives what we do that makes us old. What is a habit that they have noticed that they have seen us do that is like, oh, okay, I married an old man? Oh, I already gave mine. That was my example. <laughs> ah, Okay. Okay, I I can do that. I'll find something. (laughs) All right, so that'll be homework for you guys. I can't believe you don't use the automatic import feature. Why do you hate yourself? (laughs) I have tried it, and I think the problem was I I started using Quicken before the, the automatic import um got as good as it is now and i so i basically came up with all my own like categories for how i like to divide things up and the categories and the way that the automatic import breaks stuff up is basically all out of whack with my own categories i i literally we had a problem using one of those types of apps with the import double importing. And so for a year I tried to do it in Excel by hand and I lit, I, I couldn't do it. I stopped budgeting. I stopped tracking expenses because it would took so flipping long to track every credit card expense and all that sort of stuff. And like, and then I tried categorizing them and batch inputting that it was just like, I need that auto input to keep me on track. Cause otherwise I just don't, I don't do it. Oh, yeah, with Excel, that way lies madness. Well, I mean, it's it's it works fine. It just requires you to do work that you are already doing.